right, everyone. It's Friday, and uh, I'm with my good buddy Mark from GSG. And uh, welcome to the Q and M show today. <laughs> the, yeah. the, M, the Q and A with uh, with Marshall and Mark show. I don't know what I was trying to say there, right? But, yeah. but it, anyway, uh, we're hanging out today. It's Friday. How you doing, Mark? I'm doing good. It's a little cold in Texas, but it's good. It's Friday. So. Yeah. And yeah. and we were both traveling this week. Uh, remind everybody where you were. I was in uh, Cincinnati at the our GSG grand reopening. We moved, um, we moved that location a few months ago to a much larger space, and it was a it was a really good day. We had 150 or 170 customers come out. Had some good barbecue, a lot of demos. Um, did you did you cook? No, I didn't cook. Yeah, did it pass the the mark test? It was it was good. It really was. <laughs> you did a good job. Yeah. yeah. Great, great. All right, so uh, thanks for joining us, and uh, we'll talk about where I was later. But uh, if you're joining us, what we'd really like you to do right now is just jump in and with the chat, say hello, let us know you're where you're watching from. Also, don't forget that this is a question and answer show. So Mark's here to answer your questions, and you should take advantage of that uh, because he's the man. <laughs> right, so... Um, <laughs> And then also, we'd love it if you would share that you're watching. I think that would be really great. Um, we get a lot of our viewers later on. Either they watch it on YouTube or they listen into the podcast. Uh, we have an audio version of this that's all on the podcast channel. So well, I know a lot of people like to listen while they work, and that's how you can do that. So, um, But anyway, so we'd love for you guys to sign in, just say hello, that kind of thing. And uh so get that going, and uh, we'll say hello to some folks that are actually doing that. So Josh is uh, says good morning from Oklahoma. How you doing? And uh, another Texan, Kisa says good morning. And uh, Sarah says good morning. Sarah, where do you live? I might I, I can't remember. I know you've been on here frequently, so uh, we'd love to find that out. So and um, so I was in Kentucky all week. So uh, I was at uh, Blue Cotton uh, uh, filming uh, my uh, Jersey's Adventures in Apparel decorating show, uh, and that was a lot of fun. And then I was also at Replica in uh, Cave City. So uh, both of those shops are completely different, and the shows are going to be fantastic. It was a lot of fun. And um, so, I saw your pictures this morning. Um, yeah, I, I got a whole pile of them. And yeah. So the uh, uh, the show that we did at Blue Cotton, which was in Bowling Green, was all about speed. So they do one-day turns, right? So how do you get an order, a screen print order, and turn it in one day, right? And so we opened the show with me doing the show opener in a Corvette. Because oh, really? Bowling Green <laughs> is where all every Corvette made is made in Bowling Green, Kentucky. Yeah, and there's a Corvette plant there, and so we did it in the Corvette. And uh, this was a monster Corvette. It was um, I don't even know how many horsepower, but it sounded like a NASCAR engine in it. And uh, and I started it up. It actually scared me. <laughs> did, you, did you drive it? Like uh, they wouldn't let me. So somebody had bought the car, so okay. they allowed me to get in it and start it, but uh, they weren't. Uh, I couldn't drive it. 
Snow do you remember? Do you remember a few years ago at the the Corvette Museum? There, they had the yeah, it had a sinkhole. Yeah, it, it yeah. ate the cars, right? Yeah. So. But anyway, so that was a lot of fun, and uh, so look for that coming up uh, later this year. And uh, anyway, so more folks said hello. So Dean says afternoon. Jimmy says from Detroit. Hello, hey J- Jimmy. Uh, Sarah, she's in Minneapolis, Kansas. There you go. Ray's here. Hello, dudes. And uh, we'll be talking about uh, about your product later in the show. So, um, yeah, Ray can answer some uh, questions. Yeah. And uh, Dean says, Mark, what all did you do for R and D at Teespring? Did it cover all the production processes? <clears throat> yes, from A to Z. Um, pretty much what we did for with R and D there was with the amount of volume that we did and the amount of machines and running 24 hours a day, every process, we only ran three mesh counts, um, 110, 156 and 230s. everything, our, our half tons, angles, everything was the same because we processed about 2,700 screens a day, about 220 jobs a day. So, you know, part of the R&D was just streamlining how we set up our jobs. That's the way to do it. How the screens come to press, what squeegeometers, what were the best angles, everything from what was the best adhesive for which garment, you know, because we did orders that were uh, poly blends and hoodies all in the same order. Uh, And then we, we tested all the different printing techniques that we offered and in part of when we started doing all the NFL, of course, we had to go through a variety of different designs and all the inks and the applications. So it was it, it was it was fun because it was constant just streamlining the process is really what the R&D was about, mm-hmm. not just Good. not just the printing. Good. That's great. I love that. Uh, Melissa's here. Hey, good morning. See, good seeing you. By the way, I'm wearing my cars and coffee shirt. This is what we filmed for the show at Replica, and uh, really good. And uh, Gary Roan did the design, so it's actually on the back, right? So, uh, and then our Hurley says, "Good morning, gentlemen." Right? So that's great. Um, all right, so let's get into some topics. But first, let's pay some bills. And uh, and since Mark, you're here, you can introduce your company's promo. Which promo video is this? It's just the one uh, oh, that we normally run. Uh, this is uh, this is Daniel being a little over the top creative with this yeah. one. Here we go. GSG, the combination of over half a century of knowledge with industry-leading technology and the customer at the center of everything that we do. Graphic Solutions Group is a powerhouse distributor of traditional screen, sign, wide format digital printing, embroidery, and textile decorating. We are committed to our customers providing support, educational, and consulting services. Your success is our success. We've seen these industries grow and change in our 70 years. One thing never changes. GSG's dedication providing the best products and services available. 
We've been around. We'll be around. From the highs and the lows. Standing right here with you. GSG. The right products right away. There you go. Awesome. I love that commercial. He did a good job with that one. Isn't that him talking? Who did that? Yeah. He's he is a individual of about a thousand different voices. Yeah. He would he would He's be great. The radio DJ kind of. Yeah, way. you got it. He <laughs> would be. He would be really good. Yeah. And uh, Richard's here from Michigan. Good morning, Richard. So uh, ready to jump into our first topic? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So our first topic is full press crews. So what I mean by this is this isn't a uh, manual. This is really focusing on the auto. And uh, I keep talking with people where they have multiple autos and some people just have one, you know, but they have multiple autos, but they're running them with only one operator and a catcher and not the puller position. And so I wanted to talk about this today and just get Mark's thoughts and also you guys' thoughts on it. Because to me, this is like having a sports car and we only run it in second gear because when we shift to three and four, uh, we're not interested in that because it costs too much for the gas, right? So, yeah. um, so I keep hearing how the labor, we don't want to have that puller or assistant press operator, what do you guys call them? Because that's another person we got to pay and we're, we're happy with the way we're doing it, right? And to me, it just never makes sense because of being how, uh, how much of, production that you can get out a day when you have a full crew because right. now we can run that press at a comfortable pace and we've got multiple people setting up and multiple people taking it down and multiple people running the press as the shirts come around we got somebody taking it off and putting on the belt and we're we're running it the way it was built to be run right and instead of just like a really fancy fancy manual right so What's your opinion on this, Mark? Because I kind of want to uh, have a little discussion about it. Well, I, I'm going to know your answer, so I agree with you 100%. Um, you know, a loader and an unloader, you know, plus your catcher. You know, if you're just running one person, you're, you're running 50% capacity. Uh, you know, from setting up the job and tearing down the job, it's going to take twice as long. You know, that one person is going to get the squeegees, flood bars or inks, screens, then take it down. There's a lot of time. I see a lot of wasted time. Uh, Whereas you have a loader and an unloader, you know, the shirts come off. You're good to tear it down. Your unloader can start taking it down. The the press operator or loaders starting to put on, you know, whether it be a tri-lock or the registration system, start your screens and just be ready to go into the next job. And I see it in shops a lot of times, and you do too, and you hear all the different excuses of why they do it. But the bottom line comes down to you're not getting full production out of the press. You're just not. You can't run it at the speeds that you can. You know, an average person will run a a press by themselves, loading, unloading, you know, 150 to 200 an hour, whereas two people, you're in that five, 600. So you're, you're doubling your capacity. 
And listen, and so, and also, I think a lot of people get confused here, Mark, because yeah. they see in the control panel, this is the speed I'm running, right? right? But then they're stopping for the pinhole. They're stopping yeah. to add white ink. But they see the speed that I'm running, right? And what we're talking about is the total output for that time, yeah. not what it says on your control panel, right? So it's I think it's really important to think about and you go, well, I don't have a 400-piece job. I'm only printing a 50-piece job or a 100-piece job. Yeah, but when you're running that at 400 an hour, right, that's mm -hmm. like 10 minutes of press time. It's going to take you longer to set it up than to run it sometimes. Right? You know, here's a, here's a good now example. you're up into the next job, right? That's what we're talking about here. here. Here's a good example. When we were at Teespring with the 16 automatics, we had a loader and unloader on each press and of course QC and we averaged 4.5 jobs an hour per press. And those were jobs that were say 24 pieces, 70, 150. Whereas if that would have been one person, I was going to get 2.1 or 2.2 jobs an hour. And, you know, we didn't count how many screens that job was. It was three, four, five or six, you know, it was each shirt that came off and we, you know, our, our number we tried to hit was 400 pieces per hour per press, mm -hmm. you know, and that that's just single side. You know, it wasn't front and back. It was, you know, it was just one shirt. That's one piece that came off. Yeah. And that's the number we had to hit. And it worked. Yeah. It was one person. It wouldn't work. Yeah, I call an impression as a decoration event. That's the unit yeah. of work. So a 100 piece job front and back is 200 impressions. Correct. And on a manual, like, you know, the number of colors really matters because that's some dude doing it, right? But mm -hmm. on an auto, like a one-color job, a six-color job virtually takes the same amount of time. Right? Exactly. And, and so it's really just about your a number of impressions you can get an hour. And I'm talking the total output. That's what we're really looking at, right? And the other thing I really uh, – uh, when you're transitioning in between jobs – when you have multiple people doing things like, you know, the press operator typically is the, the person handling the registration. So the assistant right. is taking the old screen out. Right. And then uh, maybe they're putting the new screen in or they're whatever, but th maybe they're taking the old screen out and they're carving the ink off and there's uh, getting the other things lined up or whatever, but it's more of a, a choreographed ballet where yeah. we're, we're really NASCARing the pit crew changeover because we have multiple people doing the things and that's going to decrease your downtime. And you can get uh, the old job uh, uh, taken down and the new job up during the same amount of time because you've got multiple people doing the work. Yeah, absolutely. Right? Yeah. And you can't do that if you're just, and here's the other thing that always bugs me, you know, uh, we ended the job and that's when what's even if we had a full crew, the catcher and the press operator, they go for a smoke break or go get a Coke while yeah. the press operator is handling all that by Doing themselves everything. because they're the expert at it or whatever. And you typically see this in shops that don't use Trilock or a right. registration tool because Billy is the one that's the master of that. And those don't work. And, and then Trilock doesn't work because right. he doesn't like it. Exactly. Right. Of course he doesn't like it because he has all the control. Right. 
we know that it likes it, uh, that it works yeah. because thousands of shops everywhere use it with great every success day. every day. Right. So um, don't get me started. <laughs> um, anyway, so, uh, you know, it's just about the leadership on the floor showing this. Right. So that's kind of what I was thinking about here. And so I kind of wanted to tee that up. So for those of you that are watching, right, what have you seen? What do you like? What are the numbers that you know? If you keep track of this stuff, just kind of wanted to throw that out there discussion about using a full crew versus using just running an auto just with, you know, one person, right? And just kind of want to throw that out there. Um, so where are we with folks here? So, uh, oh, Peter's here. Good morning from Kansas City, home of the world champion Kansas City Chiefs. We won't talk about referees. Um, no, no. <laughs> no, no, not at all. What is the math used to add breakdown and setup times to the imprint per hour? Right. So, um, so I, are you keeping track of that, Josh? That's what we want to know, right? So, uh, usually there's an average, and I can tell you if you get into a, you know, kind of a rhythm breakdown is usually almost always the same amount of time because you're moving stuff over and doing right. things and whatever. But what you really want is to make it easy for the person. So for example, if where is the table with the bucket of ink, is it right there? So they don't have to walk 50 feet to go card the ink off. Right. That's what we want. Right. Is an easy way of doing stuff where everything is brought to the press so we can like do the changeover quickly and the more many hands like make light work. Right. So the more help we have with that, the faster that's going to be. But where are the tools? Where is the uh, ink card uh, or whatever you use? Right. Where is where does the, the use screen go? Is there a rack right there? Right. So the if you have everything so it's more some place style, or it's just right here, arms we reach away, you're going to be moving way faster than if we have to walk six steps to put it on a cart or something. Well, right? it's, it's also process, breaking down the press is a process that most shops overlook. I'm not saying yeah. the way I'm not saying the way I do it or the way I did it is the best way, but it was efficient for the shops that I've run is we would have a, a press cart that, has screen, screen rack on the bottom, table surface. So when it came to break that press down, unlock your squeegee, flood bar, pull out the screen, slide in the rack, go to the next one, and then that cart went away, and then that part, then someone else took the ink from the screens, put it back in the bucket, right. clean squeegee and flood bars. Then your next press cart had all your new fresh squeegees, flood bars, your inks, and your screens in order, and you just went and set up the press. Right. And what uh, the thing that I really like also is uh, some presses have the yellow safety metal bars, mm -hmm. not the rope, but the safety bars yeah. that go around it. What's yeah. really great about those is you can lean the next screen up for the next job right there. Yeah. Right. So I see that a lot in really efficient shops where the next job is already pulled. The inks are right here. The screens are in position one, position two, whatever, as you go around. 
And that way the transition time is much faster because nobody's walking anywhere. Somebody is right. laying this stuff out for the press crew, right? Typically there's an inker, whatever you might call sure. them, that's doing that or a floater, whatever you want to call them. That's doing that type of job where they're getting ready for the next thing. And they're, and this means usually the day before there was a printed schedule, right? We have, we know what we're printing tomorrow today. We did the scavenger hunt today for tomorrow. We know the inks that we need. We know the screens that we need. We have the samples, whatever thing today, and we're lining it up for tomorrow. And we're, we're just getting that set up, right? Full press crews working in that atmosphere, um, can handle a lot of volume pretty quickly because they're not doing the zombie walk looking for things. And as long as they're supported by the rest of the staff, meaning, you know, do you have someone that manages and runs your ink department? I've seen countless times a job was set up. Then they decide to go pull like a 485 and there was like 400 grams in the bucket. Yeah. Now so now you got the the sitting there, they got to make the ink, bring the ink over. So now you have three people standing around, doing nothing or on yeah. Facebook or on their phone or going to have a cigarette. Yeah. How come the ink wasn't mixed yesterday? Right. Yep. Uh, by the way, I hate 485. It's yeah. It's the worst color. It's like the worst. Cause it's too orange. It so. is. It's a big debate. And if you look at it inside or outside or what light, yeah, you don't know what it is. Yeah. Right. Um, all right. Uh, so Ray says for breakdown and setup, I typically program three categories of job type and measure actual setup over time in each and make an average for each. That's great. I love it. Yeah. Measuring who knew, uh, examples for color process sim process, basic line work. Great. Josh says we keep all consumables at four stations around the press. All things used to set up and break down. We have a breakdown cart so you can dump the press fast, then set back up while uh, register the helpers can clean everything back up. The next jobs have been pulled and are ready to be loaded. Perfect. And to Josh's point there, um, I've been to his shop several times and, you know, Josh is running one automatic press. So he needs to be as efficient as possible to get multiple jobs out that day. Yeah. And his shop, his guys, I mean, you want to see a five, 10 minute turnaround? They can do it. Right. So here's the perfect comment right here. We run our autos with one person as long as they can load and unload without adding dwell time right. on the press. Our catcher helps with staging and teardown. So, Sarah, you're exactly the person I'm talking yep. about here, right? So you could be twice as fast with one more person working. Twice as fast, right? So uh, so here's the reason why a lot of people, they'll buy a whole nother auto, right? Sorry, M&R and Rock. And <laughs> <laughs> they'll buy a whole nother auto, but they're only going to have one person run it. Right. Right? So, so I, I'm just, I just want you to know that you can get way more units out if you run a full crew. Or do right? it, or do I it. would rather you like don't believe me. Challenge me on this. Yeah. Do the math. Do it yourself. Right. And but honestly, have people work, not just like pretend to be there. Right. But and we talked about earlier, you'll see shops, they'll well, we run a second shift. 
Yeah. So what, well, currently there's combat pay for that. You usually yeah. pay people more for the second right? shift. It's actually costing you more sometimes. More right? energy. Yeah, more energy, more gas, utilities. Well, I like having a second shift if you've got the volume. So the shops sure. that I've run, we we had a second shift, and uh, and we were able to crank out a lot of work. And typically, there was really big long jobs that nobody had to approve that went on the second shift. So that twenty thousand piece job, it's a, that's great for a second shift because you're just printing. So in us, when we were running our third shift, our third shift was always the most productive because they had zero interruptions that you had on the you know the first or second shift daily routine. Yeah. Sean says, good afternoon from Alpharetta, Georgia. We have our AC on today. I'm most likely we'll need the heater on within the next seven days. Great. It's everywhere now. Yeah. Uh, Dan says, I'm currently printing on the auto by myself these days. Now that I am, I see so much of where they chase their tails. I catch myself standing, looking around the shop for this and that, thinking this should be all in the work belt around the hip of a press operator like a tool belt. Exactly. <laughs> Right. So where when you have to go look for something, why isn't it right there? How come you don't have multiple sets, multiple sets of stuff? Right. right. I was in a shop. I don't know where it was. I want to say Georgia somewhere. <laughs> but this one lady got tired of trying to find her tape gun because evidently oh, shop owner was too cheap to buy multiple tape guns. So to tape up a box, so she bejeweled it oh, right, no. with, the, with bejeweled little rhinestones and stuff. So it looked like something Dolly Parton would wear or something. <laughs> and that way she could locate her tape gun. Put a GPS and that's why she did it, because I asked her, I'm like, wow, that's the coolest tape gun yeah. I've ever seen. It's like, well, this prevents people from taking it. Nobody else wanted to wear it. That's like the pen with the giant feather that sticks in yeah. it. Right? So... Um, Sarah says, yep. Great. Uh, Josh says 9.5 is about as fast as one person can go with quality prints. Four to 5.5 is a solid three person crew. Okay, good. Great. Um, Ray says, just connect a tape gun to a tire rim with a chain. There you go. That's exactly it. Yeah, that's exactly it. Okay, cool. So, uh, love more comments about this. Feel free to put them in there. You know, we, um, I think it's just one of these things where a lot of people, they just aren't thinking things through, right? This, to me, this gets chalked up into the, uh, that's just the way we do it around here category, right? They're just not thinking, right? We've so, always done it like that. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of thinking, our next, our next topic is, <laughs> Ink don't I, think. Yep. Okay. Not, so somebody somebody actually emailed me the other day and wanted to, we were asking about ink. Should I buy a more expensive ink because I'll have better opacity? Sure. And I'm like, hey, it's not your ink. It's the screens. What? Okay. Now, there is cheap ink and, you know, there's ink that's, you know, better. Okay. Sure. But, you know, if we're talking about wanting better ink, better results, better everything. It's all about where, Mark? Where does that happen? Uh it, it's your 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 squeegees, <laughs> your 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 whole setup, your squeegees, your angles, your 
durometer, your speed, your pressure, your screen, your EOM, your mesh count, your off contact, your tension. It's not the, it's never the ink. I'll go toe to toe every day, all day with anybody that blames the ink. It's the process. Um, even when I, I worked at Wilflex for years as the applications engineer, and that was our, we had it on the wall. Ink doesn't think, you know, separate, we always said that it's how you're using the ink. You know, there's different yeah. inks for different applications, but I'll get calls, you know, weekly, you know, even at GSG, uh, this white ink doesn't work. Why doesn't it work? It doesn't clear the screen. Why? And then you start asking questions, you know, there's, well, one, they have no stencil. Their tension's about 10 newtons. You know, there's nothing there. And they're using the squeegees that came with the MR Sportsman 17 years ago. They've never yeah. been sharpened. So there is a lot to it. Yeah. So, Ray, Ray can chime, if Ray's still watching, he can chime in, but it might be nine paragraphs that he's going to write in his comment. Well, yeah. Or, or yeah. I'm sure Ray is going to have nine paragraphs to come. <laughs> By the way, we've got we've got uh, two Rays watching. So true. Yeah, uh, I have a. Uh, so I, I'm going to look up a photo real quick. So so riff on that a minute because I can't look and talk at the same time. <laughs> but yet yeah, most most of the time it is it is not the ink. Now, regardless of the ink manufacturer, you can have bad batches that maybe the ink you know there was an inconsistency. It might have been too thick. Uh, it might have gotten gelled up in shipping or something, but for 99.9% of the time, it's the actual application. Yeah. And uh, it's so critical these days that we really look at, you know, I don't know where this photo is, that we look at what we're doing. Um, is the perfect photo. You know, that's the problem with having a million photos. Yeah, you need to be able to say the word of the photo and find it. And it depends on what you're printing on, too. You know, of course, your settings are going to change if you're printing on poly versus cotton versus fleece, you know, or hoodies, something like that or the thickness of them. So there's a lot of things that variables that change on press to make the ink work properly. Right. All right. I don't know if I'll be able to find this thing. Oh, well, I had, uh, I had an actual photograph of a squeegee that came with somebody's press that they were still using. And it was round. I mean, oh, yeah. like yeah. it was completely rounded off. Yeah. And it was the printer's favorite squeegee. And <laughs> I've seen that all the they, time. they printed it. They were been print on this auto, right? They've been using these squeegees since they bought the press a dozen years prior. And the the, the squeegee was like, I want to say like a 45 degree angle, right? And sure. they had it like 110 pounds of pressure or some ridiculous amount to get the thing to print. Right. And uh, so I took a picture of it and um, I wanted to show that, but. How was it printing? It looked like they, you know, <laughs> it looked like it was that old. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, all right. So, uh, 
Oh, I, I skipped over some. So uh, conversely, I've been counseling people for a decade now to learn to think like the ink, learn the behavior, reality, understanding the geometry of the mesh opening and stencil. This is especially so with industrial electronics. Okay. Well, like, that's a good comment too. And ink don't think, I know it's not grammatically correct. I was being uh, ironical, right? So. I came across several good shops at a pickery like NASCAR that were only set up people. This is common, by the way. Yes, they would run from press to press setting up jobs. They had another crew preparing one orders to be pulled out by the prick crew in and out like a pit crew. The only problem with that, of course, is when you've got multiple presses that need to be set up all at the same time. Right. And now we only have our pit crew that knows how to do it because everybody else quit learning a long time ago. Right. Yep. So, to me, that was always a drawback. Um, a lot of the inks I deal with are actually Newtonian, no shear. They print hydraulically. Others have no unif uniformity, so you need to tune every setup. One one day, Ray's going to start speaking in English terms that people understand, I think. Yeah. One day, he's going to say, I just don't know. <laughs> <laughs> Good question. I don't know the answer to that. Right. I'm Googling how right now. It's not your ink that stinks. Yep. 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 True. That is true. Yep. All shirts are not equal for sure. Right. And uh, Ray says it's never the ink. It may be different than the last batch, but it's not defective. You need to learn to measure in tune. That's right. Who's measuring? Not happening. There you go. <laughs> All right. All right, so this brings us to our time in the show where we talk about Mark's company for a minute. So you can find the Pulse. When are we getting the textile Pulse? A couple days, right? Yeah, it's coming out really soon. So we're still on the sign one. Uh, so go to GoGSG. And today we're sharing the 3M ceramic coating kit. So Mark actually uses this product. Yeah, this so is Mark, an awesome product. What is this thing? Well, you know, it, it, it's it's similar. It's going to be similar to a, to a, you know automobile wax, but ceramic coating has been all the rage the past few years. Uh, the reason that we carry it is not just for you know you know doing your personal vehicle, but it's for our customers that do vehicle wraps and they'll do like change the whole vehicle cover, you know, or color. They'll They'll do it in a, um, you know, the, the ceramic coating. And what that does, it helps protect the vinyl, protects the wrap. But, you know, also when you ceramic coat your vehicle, nothing sticks to it. The water not only just beads, it runs off. Uh, you know, I do a lot of off-roading with my Jeep and my Jeep is ceramic coated and, you know, all the mud, everything washes right, right off. It's, it's a great product. You know, the price of it at the 159, people may look at it and say, wow, 159 for ceramic coating. But it, the, the length of time that it lasts and compared to other coating kits that are out there, there are multiple parts. This is a single part system. And it's it's I don't want to say some of them, it's about half the price of some of the competitors out there. But if you're doing vehicle wraps, it's a fantastic finish to put on. To that coated vehicle. That so a, vehicle. a one part application means you yeah. don't have to add a catalyst to it to get it. Correct. To yep. So that it seems like it's easier. Yep. It comes <laughs> with everything. You know, it has an applicator that is kind of like a sponge that you apply it with and similar to wax, you know, you let it set up 
and then you use a uh, microfiber towel and wipe the entire vehicle down. And it's, it's a really great product. I know it's not screen related, you know, but when I saw we started carrying it, I was, I bought it a, a immediately just because, you know, I trust 3M, but also the price on it was really good. Yeah. 3M, what are those people know? Yeah. They know a little bit about stuff. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. Well, uh, thanks, Mark. And there's a QR code here. Oh, yeah, so if yep. we scan the QR code, where does that where does that go? Uh, we have uh, I don't I don't do those videos, but uh, we have videos that will take you to and more information on it. And it's a whole tutorial on how to use it, how to apply it. I'll make it a little QR code a little bigger if you want to scan that with your phone right now. It's not centering, but there you go. <laughs> All right. Well, cool. So let's uh, go back to where we were. And uh, a couple of comments here. So uh, uh, that's Mark's company, not Mark's company. <laughs> How many cars? I think you meant cars. How many cars can you do with a bottle that size? Um, that I don't know. I, I, I honestly don't. Um, when, if you do the QR code, it actually takes you to Will Jackson. He is our digital segment manager, and he does the demo on it, and he actually covers everything about so, it. So my suggestion is, Sean, is that you call for more information. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Ray says, ooh, I've never seen the knifeless finish tape. I can use that. Great. So now yeah. we did two two products today. Great. I, I want to know what Ray's going to use that for. That's Yeah. All right. I don't know, but it's going to be interesting, I'm sure. So. He'll measure it. So this is aimed right at you, Ray Smith, right here. So, Mark, what's going on? There's new ink coming out? Yeah. Everybody is familiar with the Wilflex uh, Rio mixing system that came out several years ago. Well, now um, Aviant just launched the Wilflex. RFU or ready for use Rio colors. And what the Rio colors are, they're the same colors as the Epic colors that have been out for years. Uh, They're going to be replacing the Epic colors. I've been testing them for about, I've been testing them for about two years now. Um, If you like the Rio mixing system, how it prints, the opacity, you'll, you'll love the finished colors. They're fantastic for wet on wet printing. You can go, you know, I've printed them all the way up to 305 meshes. They're really, really, really good. Great product. Okay, great. And when is that coming out? It's out now. Oh, it's out now. There you go. Can you get like a little sample demo thing if you want to play around? Unfortunately, no. (laughs) So, uh, so maybe you just buy your favorite color and see how it prints. Yeah. And, and they're, you know, they're, they're drop-ins for the standard Epic. It's just, you have the low cure, you know, of the Rio and you have the opacity and this, you, you have all the benefits of the Rio mixing system in standard colors. And if somebody doesn't understand what ready for use means, what's that mean, Mark? Take it out of the bucket, put it in the screen and print it. Oh, so it's ready for use. And it doesn't think either. <laughs> Non-thinking. Yeah, there's no thinking. Yeah. Hey, Simon's here. Good morning. Um, 
That's great. And uh, let me tell you, when the uh, I remember when Epic came out because we were all the classic Wolflux users, right. the classic ink, and it was all about the non-filate thing that came out. And, yes, you're um, correct. So, and you know, I always thought that the um, the Epic just some colors just there was they were a little thinner, right? There was a little uh, some. Yeah, I will agree stuff, with you. Right? Yeah. So does it get back to where it used to be a little bit? or The, the um, opacity is better. I have found that out in all the testing I've done. The opacity is much better. Okay, good. And this is just, it's exactly like Epic. It's just now ready for use. Correct. Okay, yep. great. Awesome. Um, and a comparable in price? Um, I'm the wrong person to ask okay. that. I believe so. I, I I don't think there's any major shift in price. Okay. All right. Well, that's great. They keep me away from pricing because I don't want to give bad information. Well, you're not a sales guy. Right? Yeah. When, some, when we're at a trade show and someone says, well, how much is this press? I have no clue. Yeah. You don't want right. me to tell you. <laughs> 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 I might put out I might blurt something out that's 30 sure. grand less than it is. Yeah. I don't know. How much is this press? How much money you got? Yeah, what do you got? <laughs> <laughs> you can make a deal. Right. Cool. And um all right. Let's flip over to the next topic, which I think is gonna be fun, which is all about the next trade show coming up, right? And so and at the at GPX Irving, which is next month, we'll be running the uh, MNR Global Copperhead Rival, the newest press. And Lon Winters did the design, and Lon will be there the in the booth. The one I saw the other day. What's that? What's that? There was a tiki guy riding a surfboard. Is that no? That 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 was a Rio one, but that's that's a different design. He did. It's a really cool, you know, GSG Texas design that oh all similar to like last year's i remember that one similar it's all it's all uh it's all going to be wilflex rio rfu colors so we'll be running them at the press you can see them perform how they don't build up you know the very fast flashing the low cure and see it on the new copperhead rival machine great great so the copperhead rival uh tell us about that a little bit it is you know mnr partnered with a you know, a company out of India that's a machine manufacturer and they are manufacturing the MNR global pre presses, you know, because MNR being a global company, um, they have a new line of, you know, automated screen printing presses that are the European style press. They're a flat indexing where all the heads lift. Uh, it's a really smooth machine. I just got mine a couple of weeks ago. I have it in the applications lab now, I've been running it. Uh, we did a lot of videos on it. Like I said, there's. Is this the one where the squeegee and the Flaubert clamps in the middle instead of having two? Correct. Right. Yes. The squeegee and Flaubert go into a channel and then they have a center pin that holds them. You know, the print heads all lift up, you know, similar to like an M MHM or a rock style press. Mm -hmm. But, you know, just the industrial, you know, all steel and metal of an MNR quality machine. Yeah. And it's a very, very fast machine and smooth. And mm -hmm. and Peter, if Peter's watching, we're going to have to see uh, what Peter's quote is at the show with this, because 
it makes no noise at all. It, yeah. you, don't, you don't hear it run. So why why is it so? Why doesn't it make any noise? Because it's quiet. Because it's quiet. Or why is it so quiet? Yeah, yeah, that's what it was. Why is it yeah. so quiet? Well, it doesn't make any noise. Yep. And it's, it's it's smooth. It's fast. It has um, one of the coolest features on it is if you're familiar with revolver mode on MNR machines, it can be a little confusing sometimes to program that. The program, the screen on the HMI, the interface is the most simplest you can use for revolver program. It's one screen, pick your head, pick your revolution, you're good to go. And you can go up to nine revolutions. I don't know why you would want to, but you can. <laughs> and it has a print stack mode, which is really cool. Uh, you, you have to see it in person to, to understand how it works. But for example, your print head one, uh, you can print, it'll index under the flash, then bring it back, print it again, then flash it. So it kind of goes like that. So mm -hmm. instead of like running your job around, you know, run it all, flash it, run it all. Or if you want to stack high density, it's a really, really cool feature. Oh, I see. So it'll go back to the previous position? Correct. And then go forward again? Correct. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it really is. Yeah, when we when we got it set up, we we're running it, and Daniel and I were doing some filming, and we're standing there looking at it going, that is really cool just to watch it. <laughs> it's just really neat. So it's, it's, this, it's, this is how you could get uh, multiple colors on top, or uh, yep. maybe maybe you've got a uh, how many heads is it? Uh, the one I have is the eight color, and they're up to okay, twelve so colors. I was I was just talking with somebody today about they were trying to figure out how to print more colors on their press. With, you know, with a wet white and underbase white, you know, and uh, right. do you go around twice? I mean, to, if you instead, maybe you just only have one white, and then you then you then you revolver mode it. Like, so this could be an interesting way to handle that, right? Absolutely. So, yep, you could do white flash back to white flash in your colors. It's just yeah. cool how it shifts back and forth. Oh, that's interesting. Um. All right. It has some cool lights uh, on it. Yeah, it's a revolver, but tell us about the drink holders. Does it have drink holders? No. That would be your screen cart. <laughs> and Brian says, is it quiet? <laughs> it's really making it quiet. <laughs> and Scott Dawson wants to know what's for lunch. I don't know. Don't know. I haven't gotten that far yet. Smoker right now? Come on. Let's go in all day. Oh, I thought he meant for at the show. I don't know what's in it for lunch yet at the show. No, I'm not. Uh, no, just in your house. What, you got something cooking today? No, probably this weekend because I'm going to be um, – got the foundation laid for the uh, – we're building an actual a, uh, a smoking shed. Uh, it's seven and a half feet by five and a half feet. Uh, it'll hold 24 briskets, 500 pounds of sausage. Yeah. And and yeah. why why do you need that? Just because um, <laughs> you are you starting a new business where you just smoke meat? Because you know we all get that age. You want to retire eventually and still do something. I just really enjoy it. You know I'm you know me, Marshall. I'm not a big sports fan or anything. I don't golf. I ride motorcycles and go off road. And 
I, I smoke a lot of meat. My neighbors love me, you know? But Yeah. Well, I, I like doing that as well. I can yeah. understand the passion. It's therapy. It really is. Mm-hmm. Have, oh, at your new house, do you have your whole smoking area set up? Well, actually, the new house, I have a, there's a pad, yeah. and then there's a little gazebo thing that's already got electricity, and it's lighting, yeah. and little twinkle lights already set up. And I have a uh, Green Mountain Grill uh, pellet smoker there. Sure. And then uh, because we bought the new house, we got rid of my old gas grill, and I have a brand-new gas grill in there also. Awesome, you know, and, and I used to love charcoal grills. Like I had a, a Weber and, and, right. um, and, and mainly in the way I used to do it is I would mix a drink and smoke a cigar because it was exactly the length of time it took to the coals to burn down. <laughs> and so now though, I, I don't smoke cigars anymore. And um, so I just like the gas grill because then you just, throw some chicken on there and you yeah, got you dinner in two seconds. Right. So it's more about speed and convenience than the, uh, the craftsmanship of building your thing. Right. So yeah, like, it's still yeah. fun. Yeah. And, uh, but I love that smoker. I might be doing something this weekend. I don't know. We'll see. Me, It depends on the weather here. It's rainy and overcast and like 40 degrees. Yeah. But the great thing about a smoker is you just set it up and you can go back in the house. Well, that's true. Because <laughs> it's it's going, you know, for hours doing oh, it. Oh, yeah. And cool. I like, and I, and I have, uh, uh, my cool thing I got for Christmas is this thing called a meter, M-E-A-T-E-R, which is a Bluetooth device where it actually tells you exactly when the, like, if you want to hit a certain temperature, sure. it tells you exactly when to pull it off the heat. And as it rests, then it gives you an alarm. Okay, now it's ready for you to cut. That's pretty cool. There's really I awesome. the old. I just touch it. I don't use any meters, probes. Yeah, but it's, it's but it's really cool. No, right? It so, is cool though. You know, and I I like a little gadget, and it was like yeah. a thing, right? And so uh, I did a uh, I did a turkey uh, over the holidays with that way, and it just came out perfect. That's awesome. Instead of having the, the pop up thing, you know. Oh yeah, yeah. Like it was like the perfect. It was perfect, right? So, and I've done a uh, pork shoulder that way. I, I did a brisket with it too, but like small, like sure. I think I did some fillet, filet mignons with it just to test, right? Well, so. t- today I'm not really doing dinner, but I'm doing. I, I smoked a pork shoulder last week. I'm doing a pulled pork and cheddar stuffed bacon wrapped jalapenos ah. and empanadas for our wine club tonight. Great. So, it's always everybody got to bring food. So, so my my new thing I just tried was I uh, bought you know those little bag of like gourmet like potatoes like the oh yeah 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 they're tiny right the purple ones yeah the purple ones so yeah. I, I bought some of those and I boiled them so they're soft already and then I wrapped them in bar, uh, bacon Ooh. and coated them with honey and barbecue sauce. And when I this is what I did for the Super Bowl. And then when I was doing racks of ribs, I had a tray of these because I didn't want bacon grease going everywhere. But I put a tray of these in there, and then my the uh, and they came out fantastic. The only thing I would do it differently, I think, was the but by the time I wrapped it with the bacon, it was 
too big for a one bite thing, right? So sure. I think now I'm going to cut them in half and I'm going to use thinner bacon because I used a thick applewood pepper bacon. Sure. And that took two forever to crisp up. So now I think I'm going to use a, just a cheaper, thinner bacon and do it the same way. And I think they'll be perfect. So, you know, you know, based on this last segment, I think we should just switch to doing a, uh, a show on barbecue. And- we should. We'll do an all barbecue segment. Right. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, speak going back to GPX Irving. We'll also have our uh, DTF printer there. Oh, great! Yeah. The, the, now the M and R one. No, no M and R one's not ready yet. It's still in beta testing. Peter yeah. can chime in on more about that. Well, he did chime in. Here's what he wrote. He okay. says, "Speaking of quiet presses, we just visited just the 300th M and R Cobra press installed." At Alluvian Screen Print in Dupo, Illinois. Look for updates on MNR's YouTube channel. We expect the 400th Cobra to ship before mid year. I mean, not tomorrow. Isn't that an amazing number? Yeah. That, yeah, that machine is just. It just came out last year. Yep. That is the Cadillac. It yeah. really is. It's great. And it's quiet. And Sean says, yes. I'm sure he's talking about barbecue if I know. <laughs> So uh, anyway, um, so I think that, um, I, you know, I love going to trade shows. I, I, I'm not coming to the Irving show, but I will be at the uh, Fort Worth show for ISS. Um, That's going to, that, that I think will be a really good show this year. And then we yeah. have right after Printing United in Atlanta. Yeah, Printing United. I already got my hotel room for that. Did you? Yeah, right. we got ours. I think we booked them last year. Well, I just like I, I didn't want to spend eight hours driving, so I got one like uh, near enough where it's just like less than a mile away, so I could oh, walk if I wanted to, or it's a two-second Uber if I'm lazy, whatever. I, think, I believe we're right next door, which is convenient. Yeah, good, awesome. Well, hey, we got one last thing to t- talk about today, which is if I can find the thing. Shirt Lab Workshop on Chat GPT Best Practices. So here's where you go to sign up. This is going to be Tuesday. Uh, and Allie and Tom and I are working on the presentation right now. And it's really about best practices for you to use automation. Now, this is not artwork. This is text, right? So how can you use Chat GPT? You can use this as an online store product descriptions. You could use this for uh, communications with your customers or your uh, employees. You could use this for drip campaigns for social media. So Allie and Tom have been doing a lot of work in this and we're gonna be sharing some of the things that they've done. Uh, We're gonna give some examples. We'll have some stuff that you can download if you just wanna copy their form or what they did or whatever, but we're we're really, Focusing on this because I think this type of stuff is an easy way for you guys to rethink things and um, and really just for ideas sometimes. So uh, you can just type in, uh, write an outline uh, on eight points of this and boop, here it goes. And really? it does work for you. And then what's really great is, of course, you don't have to use that. You can change it. You can tweak it a little bit if you're not happy with the result. But this this webinar is really about if you're not using it, how to get started, what are some results, how can you dial it in to get exactly what you want. 
that's what we're going to be talking about. Um, and then we're also doing a one on artwork with uh, Michelle Moxley Ruby coming up in a couple months. So look for more information on that. But right now we're just talking about chat GPT. So um, it's going to be um, February the 28th at three o'clock Eastern uh, It's $37 uh, unless you're a shirt lab tribe member and then it's free. So uh, if you haven't gotten your tickets, please uh, click that red button there and jump in. So uh, you can just look this up at eventbrite.com, chat GPT best practices. And uh, I know we have a whole bunch of people that follow Shirt Lab on Eventbrite because we've been doing workshops every month and this is this month's. So um, anyway, and, and Mark, you were saying earlier, you haven't really messed around with this at all. No, I'm actually, I think I'm going to get on this because I don't really know a whole lot about it and what better way to, to learn. Well, I've been kind of, I've been goofing around with it and, um, you know, uh, I wrote a blog article a couple of weeks ago. I wanted it to see if it would, could write like me. Sure. Right. So I gave it a crazy thing where, uh, what I ask, I asked it to compare werewolf hunting to running a shop. And uh, I I did that on purpose just to see what kind of craziness it would look like. Did you ask it if ink thinks? I didn't ask it if ink thinks. I could. It'll give you the results. <laughs> we could all be wrong. We don't know. We not, might not know. All right. So here's the article that I wrote. Let me set this up here. Um, so this one was... Um, Chat GPT, is it the silver bullet for success? I wrote this on the fourth. And um, and uh, so here was my prompt. Write a blog article like Marshall Atkinson that uses the myth of a werewolf hunter and a silver bullet as the hook for the article on ways to make your decorated apparel business successful. Use five best practice sections focusing on these successful actions Instead, research, planning, taking action, learning from failure, and networking provide examples for each. And then it wrote this whole article. Oh, wow. Right? And um, so the idea was, what is it going to give what I would do? And the answer to me is no, because a lot of the times I bring up examples from stuff that I've done or I've learned from others or whatever as examples, this doesn't know any of that, of course, right? But it did write an article, and here you go. And one of the great things about using Chat GPT is you could write a blog article and use that for SEO juice for your website and not spend really any time on it. Wow. Now, is it to me stuff like this doesn't have a soul, you know, so it's not a person writing it, it's just scraping stuff and comparing. And uh, it's not, it doesn't know what you know. So it's not going to include the really cool detail that you remember. Like a lot of times when I write about halfway through, it's like, oh yeah, yeah. That one time back in whenever I'll use that. And it's not going to know that. Right. Um, But it does give you results. So, so to me, it depends on what you're wanting, you know? Huh. And even this, uh, the photo here, you know, uh, I had Midjourney make this for me, which is a werewolf okay. using a computer. So I didn't even design that. That was just, it was doing it in itself. 
you know, so, you know, so, you know, and artwork wise, uh, I wrote this article, the handy tools to be more effective. And this art was done with uh, mid journey. Also, I, I wanted a uh, Lotus blossom with a dragonfly. And these are four examples that came up with in about a half a second. So it's just amazing where this stuff is going. And I don't know how to use it yet. I'm playing around with it, stubbing my toe, which is what you guys should be doing. You know, that's the fun part of discovering, you know. So it's like cooking, you know. Hey, what happens instead of this? I use this ingredient, you know. What happens if I use cinnamon instead of right. saffron? Who knows? Let's try it. What happens if we use bacon and potatoes on our smoker, right? How did all the big game predictions go using chat GPT? Well, let me ask you this. This is exactly what, uh, where is he? Uh, Peter Walsh. Good morning from the Kansas City home with a world champion. <laughs> it predicted pretty much everything that was going to happen. Chat GPT it predicted yeah. it. So uh, I don't know. It's kind of weird. So anyway. So, um, all right. Well, that's pretty much our show. So, Mark, any closing thoughts or anything from you? I'm I'm about ready to go on vacation. Yeah? You doing something yep. cool? Or are you hanging around the house cooking? We're going to <clears> – <throat> excuse me. It's called Mega Run 2023. It's a uh, – it's an off-road Jeep festival for three and a half days. Yeah? You're, um, like, camping out in the middle of nowhere thing? Yeah, we rented a cabin. We were taking uh, all three dogs. And we'll take two Jeeps out there and um, it's fun. They do a lot of advanced. They have a band, you know, on Friday night, uh, they do thousands of dollars in giveaways. They do obstacle courses, hill climb races, rock gardens. It's, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's, yeah. a, it's a great time. Last year we had about four or 500, you know, Jeeps out there. It's yeah, fun. Did you do some t-shirts yeah. for it? No, I don't do the t-shirts for it. They got, I'm not, I, I know who prints their shirts and the, uh, the company does a really good job at it. Yeah. Yeah, they really do. They do, they do the whole, um, the whole gamut, you know, the koozies, keychains, hoodies, yeah. long sleeves, short sleeves, yeah, bandanas, backpacks. Yeah. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. Cool. All right. Awesome. We will, we will be doing some barbecuing out there. I bet. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so you, do you, you bring in stuff with you? I bring my portable barbecue. Yeah, I have. Uh, I have that. Is the folder, the Coleman one that folds up. It's a, um, it's a Hobart, like the commercial. Yeah, stainless steel, but the legs fold, and it, it's actually, it's, it's propane, so it has you know four yeah. burners, but it has a smoker box in it. It's a really cool portable grill. Great. And so you just do like a tray with wood chips and water? Yes. Yeah. 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 yeah so we'll do steaks and chicken and burgers and such. And it'll, it's, it's going to be, it's a fun time. If that's what you're into, it's a fun time. That sounds like a lot of fun. So, you know, watching people break stuff. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But it, it is. We look forward to it every year. Is that and, in Texas? Yeah. It's in Gilmer, Texas at Barnwell Mountain. It's a uh, 
couple hundred acre, you know, recreational area. Yeah. And, you know, we take it over. So it's one of those events that you have. Um, we booked our cabin a year ago so you could be close. And then back in November 1st at midnight, they open early registration and it's, it's like a lottery. You got to, I'm sitting here at five to 12, ready to log on, you know, to get in. That's great. Yeah. It's a great time. So what are you up to? Anything exciting? Well, I've been gone all week. I'm sure there's yeah. a honeydew list for me somewhere. And, uh, uh, I would really like to cook some, I've, I've got some work stuff to do a little bit and, uh, I don't know. I, I, yeah. I bought a new house and we're still unboxing. And I was gonna say you unpacked yet or that's ongoing. No, it's ongoing as we yeah. like all the major stuff's done. Right. But we're, you know, we got a garage full of stuff where stuff needs to go places and we're still moving some things around. Not sure if that furniture should be right, right there or whatever. So, but it should be, should be good. So, Good. Good. All right. Well, hey, well, thanks everyone for watching. We appreciate yeah, you. you. And Mark, I appreciate you hanging Absolutely. out today. Uh, sure. Alan couldn't be here. So it was good to have you join in. And yeah. next week we have uh, Eric Campbell's joining us as a guest. Alan will be back, but we've got Eric on the show. That'll be a good we'll show. Be, and we'll be talking about embroidery. So I'm sure you guys will want to tune in for that because that guy has got, got it going. So even though I don't, I'm not very well versed in embroidery. I've sat in on a few of his seminars. He's he is such a wealth of knowledge for that. Yeah, he's but, great, right? Yeah, so he'll great. be yeah. here taking your questions. So bring it. All right, okay. hey, we'll see you guys later, and uh, that's it. Have a good weekend. Thanks, everyone. We'll see you.